Wildcats to another edition of Weber State Weekly. I'm your host, a man who heard that the Wildcats rolled up in Logan this weekend, Colby Peterson. want to remind you folks that Weber State Weekly is a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And on the show today, we've got a man who only ever knew about Logan as a place that you would stop or drive through on the way to Bear Lake. Dustin Chappie Chapman. Those raspberry shakes, man. Like they're calling to me. I I might (laughs) should make that drive like tonight. (laughs) Passing on through. And finally, we've got a man who thinks that people live in Logan just to rip the Band-Aid off and move to Idaho. Just do it. Rip the Band-Aid off and move to Idaho. John King. I mean, you're basically Idaho South already, so you might as well just, you know, commit fully and, and, and go there. (laughs) just own it (laughs) all right guys on the show today uh we're gonna have a week one preview we're gonna be talking football uh this is gonna be game week so we're gonna be talking about weber state at university of utah which game will be at rice eccles stadium on thursday night so we'll be talking a little bit about that matchup got some clips from um interview with jay hill earlier today so we'll be breaking that down and talking a little bit about the team what to expect maybe from there we'll also be having a player interview Senior middle blocker Sam Sheese from the volleyball team will be joining us. Talk a little bit about her journey to Weber State. She's a local product from right here in Weber County. And also talking a little bit about the three matches that they, uh, they, they came out victorious in this last weekend. So we'll ask Sam Sheese a little bit about that. And then this week we're going to play a game called Hammer Time. I want to get the hottest takes from our panel. So we'll see what they have to say. I've got a few things queued up for them. But before, before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the podcast if that's a medium that you enjoy. Uh, we're also on social media. You might be watching the show from there right now. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weaver State Weekly team, especially on game day. We also have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly. You want to support the work that we do, help us to invest in cool tools like the one that you're seeing right now in front of you, helping us to stream to several different mediums. Uh, we're able to do that because of the generous support of our patrons. So go to Weaver State, go to patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly to help us to continue to grow and let people know that we exist. We want to get into the ears of as many Wildcat fans as we can as the season begins and we get deep into football and volleyball season. So business taken care of, guys. Let's talk football. Uh, we recently talked football. It hasn't been very long at all since we were talking football. And so now it's time again to get football back on a normal course. We'll be starting with a non-conference game, a, a, a matchup against a Power 5 opponent in Utah. Familiar opponent, saw them in 2018 at, at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Um, had a good start to that game, but then, of course, uh, we're, weren't able to hold on to it and Wildcats lose that one. Um, but I want to start this, this segment out, guys, by asking you a little bit about, what you, in your view, what do you feel the positives are in a game like this, where the Wildcats are going up against a Power Five opponent, uh, somebody, a, a team that could potentially win their conference, uh, what are the positives of a game like this for the Weber State Wildcats aside from the money? John King, I want to start with you. Well, I think the the, the goal every time you go into one of these games is always to is always to try to be competitive. I mean, like this is a good measuring stick. I mean, you're playing a team that it's supposed to be a lot better than what the Wildcats are. And so, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be 
it's going to be good for our guys to see, you know, it's going to be some of the best competition that we see all year long. And I think that, you know, you want to see that competition early because you can grow from, yeah, you, you, you can grow from that. I think this is going to be key and we're going to talk about position groups here in a minute, but I mean, there are certain position groups that you want to see, you know, stack up really well um, just to, just to kind of get a handle on, you know, where we are um, at this part of the year. But I mean, you know, you don't want to ever go into one of these games and just, you know, get both boat race from the jump and, you know, never really offer a threat, but, you know, try to offer some threatening scenarios and, 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 and just see how long you can, you know, see how long you can stay in the game and be competitive. Uh, I think I have to agree with you, John. Uh, it's an opportunity for guys to see some, some really top tier talent. Of course, Utah is known for having a fan, fantastic running game. Uh, they've got a great defense. They always have good a good secondary, and they've been able to put some some NFL guys at the at the pass rush position in uh, into the league in recent years. And so it's a good defense and one that I think will be a big challenge for this offense who's still maybe trying to find their way. Chappy, what about you? What are some positives from a matchup with the University of Utah? Uh, Utah's breaking in a bunch of players. We got a new quarterback, uh, some 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 new running backs in there. I, I think. The positive here is that you're playing a team that, that's starting some new guys. They, they might start out slow, but really you're kind of playing a mirror image of yourself in a lot of ways, right? We all know that. The Jay Hill's defense very closely matches Kyle Whitting's, Whittingham's defense. So you don't want to say it's a scrimmage because it's not a scrimmage, but in a lot of ways you're you're going to be playing very similar styles to what you see every day Um both on offense, offense and on defense. And, and to me, that's kind of the remarkable part about it. It's, it's an interesting matchup and there's such, such, there's so much connection there, you know, coach Myers, coach Dale, coach Hill, there, there's, there's a lot of friends playing each other. And so uh, I look forward to that the most. Uh, I also do look forward to our receiving game and our passing game. I'm excited to see uh, potentially the positive from can our receivers give separation against Pac-12 defensive backs, right? And if that happens, if they can score some points on Utah's defense, that should give them confidence to carry them for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely um, an opportunity for this offense like we talked about that was still trying to find their way, and it sounds like they're still working through the kinks. Uh, Matt Hammer still working through getting his guys up to speed on the offense that he tried to implement in the spring season. So if you're, I think you're right, Chappie, if you're able to score against what should be a a pretty vaunted Utes defense, uh, that should be a confidence builder for you uh, because the offense that went down there last time in 2018 was not able to do that. The points that were scored were only, you know, one was a pick six and one was a field goal because of a turnover in the first quarter. uh, And you were already in field field goal position. So you just kicked the ball, right? That's a special teams thing. So if you're able to score against this Utes uh, defense, uh, that says something, and that's definitely a step up uh, from the last time the Wildcats saw the Utes in 2018. So now, guys, I want to flip the coin a little bit and ask, we've talked about the positives, of course, of a matchup like this. What are the potential negatives? Uh, we're playing up against an opponent that you know easily outclasses you, potentially. Um, what are the positives in that scenario? Because uh, everybody, everybody expects the Wildcats to lose. So what do you take? What are the negatives? John King, let's start with you. Well, number one, I mean, you know, um, 
this is, first of all, you very rarely see FCS teams, you know, go up and beat FBS teams. Now we've seen it more and more, especially over the last five, five, 10 years than we ever have before, but it's a, it's a rarity. So, you know, essentially this game really only serves as a potential, um, uh, as a potential, you know, resume booster to try to get one of those, you know, probably top one or two seeds, um, in, 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 in the, in the FCS playoffs. So really at the end of the day, the Weber state season is going to be decided on how we do and how we, how we play in big sky play. That is the number one focus. That is the way into the playoffs. Like that is the most important thing. So, you know, while it would be really nice to, you know, really nice to go down and beat the Utes and, you know, in Salt Lake city in front of a big crowd, while that'd be really, really awesome. Um, it's not necessarily, I I'm looking much more forward, you know, in a couple of weeks when, you know, we play James Madison because like that would, that's, that, that, that's a benchmark game for me. That's a measuring stick game. That's a game where, you know, that's a team that you want to see down the road and have seen, you know, deep in the playoffs in the, in the past, that's going to, to me, that's a much more important game. The biggest thing that I want coming out of this, you know, coming out of this game is, is to stay healthy. I mean, I, I, I don't want to have any, you know, major injuries. I, I, I want everybody, you know, all the main, players to be healthy because, you know, we're going to have some big games here in the next couple of weeks and, and you're going to want all those guys there um, for those. And th- those games are going to have a little bit more set, uh, say, in my opinion, on what, you know, on whether or not we define the six, this season as a successful one. Yeah. I think I agree with you, John King, that the biggest negative is potential injuries here. Uh, bigger guys, faster guys, the opportunity for injury, especially against a couple of opponents coming up, in like James Madison, like you mentioned on September 18th at Stewart stadium, that's a big game. Uh, that's a massive game for the Wildcats. And should the Wildcats somehow be able to pull that game out? Um, very good at Stewart stadium. We've talked about that uh, quite a bit over the, over the, the last year on the show, but should the Wildcats be ready for that game and meet the day and come out with a win at Stewart stadium against James Madison, who will likely be ranked at least number two in the country at the time. That says a lot going into a selection uh, selection Sunday, it, should you be in a position to make the playoffs down the road? Chappie, what about you? What are some of the negatives of seeing the Utes um, in this matchup? Injuries are the obvious answer. We've discussed that. Uh, to me, the maybe the lesser factor here, uh, although Weber State is not necessarily recruiting against Utah head-to-head for kids, right? I would say that that's necessarily the case year in and year out. Um, there is some in-state recruiting battles that go on. You know, a lot of times a kid that potentially could walk on at Utah or or BYU may end up at Weber State. And so you do, in a way, need a good showing in these games, at least as good a showing as you can have uh, in a realistic way. So that, you know, so that kid is hopefully choosing to come to Weber State. A good example to me on this is, uh, is Dax Milne, who is set, you know, went to BYU and is set to make an NFL roster. Uh, his only scholarship offer out of high school was to Weber State. And he opted to walk on at BYU, got paired with number two draft pick quarterback, and the rest is history. But, you know, that 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 kid who, again, is now about to make an NFL roster could very well, you know, have, have played at Weber State. So although we're not necessarily recruiting head-to-head, there are some recruiting battles here. I mean, we've got 
four division one teams along the Wasatch front. And there's only so many players to go around. Yeah. Champion, I think that's right too, because um, a negative is should you get blown out? Uh, that's a, that's a bad showing. And I feel like Weber State's trying to turn the tide against some of these competitive um, battles for recruits. Uh, we talked a lot about that during signing days in the fall last year. And then also in the spring, we were able to get some guys that, you know, we're getting looked at by Utah as well and Brigham Young. And so you've got to show out. And if you don't, it could potentially hurt you as you try and recruit these kids going into the end of the high school football season here in Utah and beyond. Well, and it's, it's, it's on a Thursday night, you know, fans of all the schools are going to be watching. It's the opening night of college football. I mean, although Weber recruits against BYU occasionally, Utah less, I mean, they do recruit against Utah state. You know, there are times where kids are making a choice between Utah state and Weber state. So, um, you know, they're all going to be watching on Thursday night. So, so you do want as good a showing as you can, just to just so that, that the kids feel like it's it's competitive. Yeah. So guys, I want to talk now about I want to talk about some of the personnel groups that we talked about last week. Um, we went through some of the strengths and maybe some of the the challenges that the team will face overall. And so I want to ask you this one question. Is there a group that you think surprises in this game? Somebody that overperforms and rises to the occasion? And if so, who do you think that group is? I think it's going to be the wide receivers um, because I think they're going to have a lot of favorable looks um, because I think that, you know, Weaver State, the Weaver State offense is going to see a pretty stacked box all night long. I mean, you know, if you're game planning against the Wildcats, the biggest thing you want to do is you want to stop that when we talk so much about this, you know, core of running backs that are going to be on this roster this year. Well, if you're going to stop the Weaver State offense, that's the, that's that's the that's the group that you, they, that's the group that you're going to want to stop first. Um, so, you know, that's going to lead to a lot of, you know, seven, eight, nine man boxes. Which that's where someone like Rashid Shahid, who can really, who can he, he can take the top off of any defense in the country. It doesn't matter. You know, if it's a power five school, it doesn't matter if it's an FCS school, it doesn't matter who you are. He's fast enough to take the top off of the, off of the defense. And I'm sure that he's going to see quite a bit of single coverage this game. So, you know, you like to see, take a couple shots, you know, take a couple shots early on um, because that's going to be, uh, I I think there's going to be a couple of opportunities to do that, but I think the receivers are going to see really, really favorable defensive situations. And, you know, there's talent there. We've talked for, you know, ever since we've started this podcast, we've talked about the talent that's in that uh, receiver room. This is an opportunity for them to come out make a big statement and say, this is going to be a big year for the wildcat passing attack. Jeffy, what do you think? Is there a group that's going to impress? Uh, yes. And I think that that is the quarterback group. It's going to be thrown to those receivers. I'm very much looking forward to Bronson Barron against the Utah defense. Uh, Bronson Barron was, was recently named a team captain. Uh, clear, you know, as, as a true freshman, not a true freshman in the real sense of the word. He played spring season, but he's still a true freshman in an eligibility sense. Uh, says a lot about the confidence that the team and the coaches have in him to uh, to be to be named a team captain like that. I I also Coach Hill has mentioned this a couple times in in press conferences, but uh, you know Bronson Barron was like the forgotten QB of that 2018 
class, high school class in Utah. You know, the Zach Wilson wasn't even the top quarterback. The the top quarterback went to Washington State, uh, and then Zach Zach Wilson was the was the the next quarterback, and we've seen what he's done. And Bronson Barron was was the number three quarterback in the state, and so um, kid's got a lot of talent. <laughs> he's got a lot to prove. These are all people that you know playing in front of a lot of family. I'm I'm excited to see he does. And I, I, I'm hopeful that, that, uh, that he's going to excel and really throw the ball around the yard. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's certainly an opportunity. Baron took care of the football very well. And if he's judicious and able, and if the Wildcats are able to withstand the pass rush of the Utes, uh, hopefully there's an opportunity for him to get the ball in the air because that didn't go so well in 2018 with Jay Constantine under center. He wasn't, he didn't have a lot of opportunity there because he was being rushed quite a bit. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to see what the change is. But one more thing on Bronson Barron being named a team captain. Hopefully, I know that there are a few Wildcat fans out there that had a little angst last year and at times thought that, you know, maybe Bronson shouldn't be the number one guy. Him him being named team captain in his, in his second <laughs> true freshman year should pretty well solidify his place in the program for, for a long time to come, in my opinion. Um. So one thing that uh, could play a key role in all of this is injuries. Uh, we did play the Wildcats played in the spring season. And so there are some lingering injuries from that. Um, and Jay Hill talked about that today in a post practice um, press conference. And so we've got a clip from that that we'll play for you folks right now. Talk a little bit about those injuries and who you cannot expect to see on the field down in Salt Lake. Yeah, Ethan Atonyi will not play. He's a starting guard. Um, David Ames, a wide receiver, will not play. He was a starter in the spring. Um, oh, yeah, Desmond Williams coming off an ACL will not play. He was a starting safety in the spring. And Kevin Smith is still not back. He got injured in the spring as well. So those are four starters that won't be with us just yet. We're hoping to get them at some time during the season, but they won't be here for this game. So some key injuries to folks, Wildcats, I think namely right there, Desmond Williams at the safety position. Uh, that was a huge loss for the Wildcats. Desmond was you know, doing a great job at the safety position, but um, torn ACL uh, puts him out at least a year, uh, will not return until the next fall likely because of when he injured his knee. So guys, with, with those injuries, um, I think though that you know, Kevin Smith Jr., um, Injured at the running back position, but it's a position of strength for the Wildcats. We've talked about the wide receiver, so losing senior leadership in David Ames. Uh, but Ty McPherson is there, uh, named team captain today as well. Do you think that these injuries impact the game overall? Or do the, the Wildcats have the opportunity to overcome those because most of them come at positions of strength, like the secondary, like the running back position, wide receiver, and offensive line? Yeah, I, I think that it uh, the offensive line is the one that worries me. You know, having an injury there, and then also knowing that Hiram Tapasoa uh, essentially retired from football after the spring season, uh, we need to have that protection. That's for our, for our running game to succeed, and for Bronson Barron to succeed, you got to have good offensive line. Uh, David Ames was a little bit of a surprise coming out of that presser. Uh, he was listed on the two deep that was released at the end of last week, so I'm not sure what what happened there and. Why? But, but that is a bit of a surprise and who knows, we don't know the severity of or anything like that of an injury or why he's out, but that one was a little bit of a surprise to me. John King, what about you? What are you thinking on this um, with these injuries and the effect upon the game? 
Well, I totally agree with Jappy um, because the biggest thing you want to do is you want to protect your quarterback in a game like this. And, you know, we know that Utah, they always have good pass rushers, especially, especially, especially through the middle of the offensive line and losing one of your starting guards and even a Tagi. That's not, that's never something that you want to deal with in, in, in a game like this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the most disappointed in the Desmond Williams in, injury because I, I would, I would really like to see it. I'd really like to see of this game. I mean, we've talked, we talked last week about like how talented this wildcat, you know, defensive backfield is. And we know how much the defensive backfield in a Jay Hill defense really drives what the rest of the defense can do. And this, you know, your safety is one of the quarter is one of your quarterbacks on the defense. They see everything, you know, because they're the deepest person on the, uh, on the field. They really um, you know, they, they, they really contribute to what kind of coverages that you can play. And that's someone that I would have really, really enjoyed seeing in this game. Yeah, I agree. When, when Desmond went down in the spring, that was a huge, that was a huge hit to the team, right? Because, uh, he had such, uh, such an impact going into it. He's got some experience as a great player overall. That one hurts. And I think that he would definitely have a pretty good impact especially with a new quarterback being broken in, like Chappie noted earlier with the, with the Utes. Um, there could be an impact there if you got some senior leadership in the secondary to make that quarterback second guess and uh, maybe miss throw a few things and uh, come away with some INTs. So, guys, I want to talk a little bit now about the betting line. Weaver comes into this game as 35.5-point dogs. You taking that bet or maybe not? What are you thinking? You take that bet. <laughs> if, if for nothing else, if for nothing else, I, uh, I Kyle Cunningham, I don't think he's going to run the run the score up on Jay Hill. So, although I think there'll be some points scored, I'm not sure it's going to be, you know, a five touchdown difference. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Um, I don't think it'll be that much, uh, but we'll have to see. So, guys, the game is going to be on Thursday night at Rice Eccles Stadium. I think you can still get some tickets. Maybe there may be an opportunity. Uh, they're pretty expensive. I heard fifty-five dollars compared to what it costs to to come to uh, Stewart Stadium. But there's an opportunity. But the game will also be on Pac-12 Network. Uh, I think it's a. Let me check my rundown here. I got it earlier later. Five thirty is the kick. So be ready for that one. And um, like always, yeah, go Wildcats. We'll just see what happens. So, guys, we're going to switch gears, and we're going to bring in Sam Sheese, uh, middle blocker, senior middle blocker for the Wildcats. Baldall uh, had a really, really good week. Uh, ended up going 3-0, and downing Seton Hall, the Pirates, North Dakota, the Fighting Hawks, which is a, a team that had given the Wildcats trouble when they were in conference, and going up to Logan and getting a dub at Utah State. So, Sam Sheese, thanks for joining us here on Weber State Weekly. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you. Uh, you're a part of this veteran senior core to this volleyball team that I keep saying on Twitter as one of the best, in, you know, the best in, com in school history. I mean, this team is it, and you're a part of that veteran leadership core that is uh, leading the Wildcats to unprecedented heights. So, Sam, I wanted to start out with your story a little bit. You're a product of uh, Weber County, grew up in Weber County, went to Bonneville High School. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that, about your about your time growing up in Weber County, and if you were ever if Weber State volleyball was ever really on your radar. Yeah, so I grew up um, in South Ogden, like two minutes away from Weber State. Um, like you said, I went to Bonneville High School. Um, all through high school, we'd come to games. Um, I, like our volleyball team would come to games, so I definitely have been to a lot of Weber State games. Uh, my sister is an alum, my dad's an alum, 
So our, our Weber state blood is pretty deep. Um, out of, right out of high school though, I didn't really look at Weber state as an option. I was <laughs> kind of itching to get out of Ogden a little bit. So I, uh, actually went to Salt Lake community college, which isn't that far, but ended up being a perfect fit for me for the moment. So I went and played a year at a Juco and, um, kind of gave me some time to like grow up a little bit and mature a little bit. And then, uh, Jeremiah started recruiting me and I fell in love with the program and with the girls and the team and the environment at Weber and I never looked back. So, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, one year down there in Salt Lake at Salt Lake Community College. Um, I personally am a fan of the Bruins. I like what they got going on down there. So yeah, good place to land for sure. But then got recruited by Jeremiah and he said, why don't you come back at Ogden? And so how did you feel about that after wanting to get out of Ogden? Then, you know, Maya comes to you and says, hey, actually, you should come back and be a part of something that I'm building up on campus, uh, not far from from home. Yeah, that was a huge draw for me. Um, I, I think being away kind of gave me a little bit of perspective. And so getting to be back in my hometown and getting to help build something that was so incredible and, you know, kind of be that, um, yeah, be part of that legacy. It was honestly a huge draw for me. And you know, Jeremiah is an awesome coach. Um, so I was really excited to be able to be in an environment that, um, I'd be pushed and be challenged not only as an athlete and a player, but as a person too. And so I, I was really excited to be able to be a part of all that. Sam, um, you know, obviously the headline game of this past weekend was the game against Utah state. Um, uh, and in that game, you led, uh, you, you, you led all players with seven blocks. So, you know, for those people who aren't necessarily um, uh, uh, aren't necessarily familiar with the game of volleyball, what kind of goes into you know angles that you work and 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 things that you have to do to make sure that you're taking away those lanes and those uh, uh, opportunities for the hitters of Utah State to be able to score? Yeah, for sure. I'd say I'd say originally a lot of it is um, just how awesome our coaches are. They put a lot of time into scouting and giving us really good information going into um, games, and so. Kayla Morgan kind of heads that our blocking systems. And so she always gives us a really good starting point. And I felt like she did that really well against Utah state. And so we knew going in that they're a really fast team. I don't know if how well you could tell on the stream, but man, like they were just shooting balls to the pins. Um, so we knew that it was just going to be a lot of just trying to slow down their offense. And then as the game progresses, you kind of pick up on tendencies and it's a lot of me working with other middle blockers and with um, Kayla to kind of see, where hitters are trying to pick us apart. And then part of it's just instinct and <laughs> just praying a little bit that you get in the right spots at the right time. And you know, whatever happens happens. So. Sam, the, uh, the blocking struggle a little bit against, you know, up front against Seton hall. Um, what, what, what was the difference there? What were they doing to make things so tough on you guys? Um, I think that first game, just as a team, we started a little jumpy, you know, that, that first game, um, of the season, you're always going to be a little bit, a little jumpy. And so I think it just took us a minute to kind of settle down and settle into a little bit of a routine, um, get back to basics, get back to knowing, doing what we know how to do. And I think we just were working on some kinks that first game. I don't think there was anything major that they just were really picking us apart. I think it was just mostly us just trying to settle our nerves a little bit through that first match. Yeah, like Chappie noted, Sam, that first match, uh, the first of the season, first real match, and luckily it was in the Swenson against a Big East opponent. Um, so somebody, a team that was playing at a you know at a, a level that is maybe a little bit higher than the Big Sky Conference, or some would think, but the Wildcats didn't care. Uh, you all came out and took care of business, and I don't think Seton Hall scored more than 20 points in those three matches 
ended up getting swept three to none. So talk to us a little bit about that once we were able to kind of settle down because aces were the name of the game in that match. I think you all had 11. Danny Nay led the way with seven of her own, matching a career high. Like aces were huge in that match. Like was that part of the strategy going in or it just kind of ended up that way just because they struggled to respond to your serve receive? Yeah, no, that was definitely a strategy going into the game. Um, we kind of pride ourselves on being a really good serving and passing team. And I think that really showed through the Seton Hall game. Um, we know that if we can serve tough and get teams out of system, we're really tough to, our block's really tough to beat and our defense is really tough to beat. And if we can get good transition balls off of out of system balls from other teams, our offense is as good as it gets. And so serving tough and getting good passes is always top priority in, in any game. But I think it showed, especially in that Seton Hall game. Yeah, for sure. Because gosh, they just struggled so much against you guys' service. And it, you can tell. So even though the blocking up front wasn't necessarily as good as it, as it normally is, mm-hmm. it didn't matter because you all were just, just fine on the floor and almost every turn, they just didn't have an answer. So incredible. Um, but I want to talk about your game uh, against that North Dakota team, because you were absolutely massive in that game. <laughs> you ended up logging an 800 hit percentage. You were like 12 for 15. And then you led all blockers again with six stuffs. Like, I mean, what was working so well for you in that game against the Fighting Hawks? Because like I noted, they had previously been sort of a tough opponent when they were in conference, but that didn't matter for you. I mean, you showed up in a big way in that game. Yeah, I mean, I just have to go back to our our awesome coaches. They do such a good job scouting for us um, and and reading tendencies and getting us in good spots to be successful. You know, I think Ashlyn Power did an awesome job that game of running a super balanced offense. And so it gave us as hitters a lot of one-on-one opportunities, which, you know, makes our lives that much easier to go up and get, get bounces and get kills and stuff like that. So, um, I like it shows on my stats, but I think so much more goes into that, you know, our passers getting good passes and allowing us to run three options and Ashlyn dealing the ball and just being who she is. So, yeah, I, I think it was just a combination of everyone just doing their jobs and that's just how it, how it fell that night. So. Sam, I've got one more question for you. It's slightly off topic, but not off topic. So uh, you are married to somebody on the football team, yep. <laughs> somebody who was somebody who was named captain uh, of the football team today. Congratulations to, to Jared. Uh, I cannot even fathom the amount of busy that you two must be as a couple uh, balancing game days and school and all that stuff. I mean, wh- what is that like? What, what's 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 Jared's game day like for you? What's your game day like for, for him? Yeah. So honestly, it's, it's a ton of fun getting to support each other through these things. You know, we both love what we do. And so it's a ton of fun getting to be there for one another in the, in our, in our different events and stuff. Um, on his game days, I don't even see him. Like they, they meet more than any other sport I've ever been, been around. And so they're usually gone all day. So I don't ever really see him on his game day talk to the games. Um, and usually pretty much the same for him with me because he has practice and meetings. And and so it gets pretty busy in the fall, but um, it's a ton of fun. We love being Wildcats. We love being a part of Weaver State. So it makes it all worth it when we get to go out there and represent school and, and do well and support each other. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Sam, and then just a final question for me. We talked a lot about this last week, but, you know, one of the really cool things I think that we were saved to this year was, you know, since you guys were returning so many people and we knew that, you know, going into the season that you, you guys were going to be really, really good. I think that Weber state did a great job with the scheduling um, this year and really getting 
you know, giving you guys the opportunity to play some really, really, you know, good competition and also kind of some cool teams. So what game do you kind of have circled on the calendar and this non-conference schedule um, that you're really, that you're really looking forward to in the next couple of weeks? Oh gosh, there's so many. Jeremiah did such a good job of scheduling us a competitive preseason. Um, I mean, BYU on Thursday, that's going to be a ton of fun. It's a huge match. Uh, all the in-state, all the in-state games are always so fun. Dixie State, Utah, UVU. I mean, all those are just going to be tough matches, tough, tough matches. And so honestly, I don't, I don't think there's one that I'm just have my sights set on. It's just, it's just going to be a, a fun preseason regardless, you know? And I think that our team does a good job of just taking it one, one game at a time and just attacking who we have next. So probably right now I'm, I'm most excited to go play BYU on Thursday just because that's what we got next. But there's a lot of fun games coming through this preseason. Yeah, Sam, I have to say that, you know, if I were to answer that question, uh, I think that UVU game is one that I've got circled on my calendar personally, because not only is it another tournament team that you'll have an opportunity to play, of course, be playing Brigham Young on Thursday down at Smithfield House. We talked a little bit about that yesterday with Jeremiah and um, Hannah DeYoung and Amanda Barley. But I think that it's also going to be the uh, unveiling of the banner and the ring ceremony for you folks who get your conference champion rings in that match as well. Is that right? Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a super cool night for all the Weber State fans to come and be a part of. Um, yeah, we're going to do a big celebration for our win, our big win last year. So we'll get our rings, they'll unveil the banner. And then we're also going to give a little shout out to UVU because last year was also the first time that their program has ever made the national tournament. So just a lot of really cool volleyball being played in Utah. And so we'll get to celebrate that a bunch that night and then play some great volleyball after. So. Yeah, I think so. Because like you said, UVU was a tournament team and I, and once again, credit to Jeremiah for scheduling this because he got all the, all of the, um, you Wildcats will see all of the teams in the state who either made the tournament or are in conference, right? And also added Utah State to that schedule. So you'll get to see UVU, Brigham Young on Thursday. You'll get the chance to play Utah. And of course, yourselves, Wildcats, you guys have already played each other. Purple and white scrimmage <laughs> on Monday night, which was great, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so great non-conference schedule. But that UVU one, I think is going to be special because, oh, yeah, Jared's got rings, but you guys got <laughs> one too. And it means, I feel like in some ways, I mean, Jared's got four of them, but I mean... The one that you all got is, uh, that's big time, first conference championship for this team since 1988. And that's saying something. And once again, yeah. credit to you all and, and all of the hard work that you've done to put the program on the map the way that you have. Um, it, it's, it's a big difference. And uh, that, that veteran core is just absolutely rolling. Yeah. Yeah, I think the coolest thing about that, that ring too, I mean, for us, is, especially us upperclassmen, me, Ash, and Rye, is that like it's, it wasn't just us that put in the hard work. Like there's so many people that have come through this program that have laid the groundwork for us to be able to be there. You know, you mentioned Amanda Barley, all, her whole class, Amanda, Jesse T, um, Andy Hale, Hannah DeYoung, Aubrey, Aubrey Adams, all of those guys came through and just put in so much blood and sweat and tears in order to prepare us to win that, win those matches last year. So it's, it's a lot more than just a season. It means a lot more to us than, than just last season. I think there's just, it's a really cool legacy to leave behind. For sure. Well, Sam, she's want to thank you for taking a little bit of time to chat with us tonight on Weber state weekly about the, the great weekend that the Wildcats had uh, in volleyball and also the upcoming week. Uh, you'll be down in Provo for the weekend playing Brigham Young on Thursday, playing Michigan state on Friday and then Dixie state on Saturday. So another full weekend of volleyball for you folks. We wish you the best of luck against some tough opponents down there. Thank you guys. We appreciate it.
Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, want to thank Sam Sheets again for hopping on the call with us and taking a little bit of time. You know, I, we know that she's very busy as a student athlete doing uh, the best that she can to bring glory and honor to the Weber State program. And gosh, it's there, man. Best team in school history right there. So thank you again, Sam Sheets, for taking the time. Um, I think now we're going to go to our game, guys. We're going to go to hammer time. Let's talk hot takes, hot, hot takes. So I've got a few prepared for you guys. Um, I'm going to get your hottest take. I've got a couple of football ones, and then I've got one for volleyball and then soccer. So let's start out. Uh, let's see how much time we have here. Uh, I want to start out with football, though, and I want to talk about football versus Utah specifically. Now, we've already had this conversation. We've talked a little bit about the matchup and what it can mean, but I want to get your hottest take for football against Utah on Thursday night. Chappie, let's start with you. What's your hottest take for that matchup? The hottest take is that Weber State's defense will record a pick six in the game. Okay. I like it. Something that we saw last time in 2018, did see a pick six in that early quarter and first quarter. So not outside of the, not outside of the realm of possibility could happen. John King, what about you? This is, a, this, this is definitely a good question. Um, good, good, good scenario. Um, I think mine's going to be that Rashid Shahid's going to have more than 150 yards uh, receiving. He's going to get some favorable looks, some looks that you know he 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 may not get the rest uh, rest of the year. I think he's going to see a good amount of single coverage, and we know he can get behind the defense. We've seen it many times, and so he's going to have the opportunity. I think he gets behind the defense maybe twice, and 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 has a big day um, uh, on the receiving end. Yeah, definitely a hot take because I mean, against a vaunted Utes defense, getting 150 yards against those guys is say, saying something that's, that means that Bronson Barron's got the opportunity to sling the ball. He's able to get the ball out of his own hands and into the air safely to, you know, Rashid Shahid, who we know has the opportunity to separate one of the fastest men in college football, really at any level. Uh, so I like, I like that. It wasn't just all purpose yards. It was receiving yards. So hot take for sure, man. I like it. Um, but now I want to go to football in general, guys. I want to talk about, your hottest take for the football in the conference schedule. So football team will be starting the conference schedule on the see, 18 plus seven will be the 25th. Um, Saturday, the 25th will be against UC Davis. Uh, the conference schedule will begin there. What are you guys thinking? What's the hottest take for the conference schedule? Jappy. The hottest take here. This is an interesting one. Um, my hottest take about Weber State's schedule is that Idaho State might be the second toughest game that Weber State has on that schedule. Whoa, that is a hot take, considering that the Wildcats will face Davis, will face Eastern Washington in Cheney, and will be facing the Montana Bobcats at home. So that is not nothing. That's saying something. That's a hot take, but I agree. Idaho State, they're looking up. They're not the doormat they used to be. John King, what about you? What's no, you they... They've got a great quarterback. They've, they've got tools there to hope, and they looked good last year. They were, I don't know, the, the two times we played them, I thought this is a quality team. This is a really good team. They just didn't quite have the experience to put it together. Well, that's true. Tyler Vanderwall showed himself to be, you know, the second best quarterback in the conference behind Eric Berrier, who was a perennial Peyton Ward uh, watch lister. And so Tanner Connor out there, he's also got that streak speed. Could be. John King, what about you? Hottest take for the conference season. The winner of the Weber State Eastern Washington game will be your Big Sky champion. 
Do you think that that's going to be um, co-champion like it has been in years past, or you think it's an outright? I think it's going to be an outright champion because wow. I think if the I think I think th- that's I think that's going to be a tough game for the Wildcats. Um, yeah. You know that that would be the game that I'd be in conference play be the most nervous about just because we know Eastern Washington is going to have a very good team this year. Cheney's not an easy place to play. The weather always sucks. If you win up there, I think your Wildcats will be standalone big sky champions this year. Yeah, definitely the case. Uh, Eastern Washington will be very good this year. I think um, this is be Eric Berrier's final season um, and maybe an opportunity for him to go to the NFL could be a Peyton award winner. Um, he's always on the list. There's no reason to doubt him this year. Um, he's on a number of all American preseason watch lists. I mean, and Cheney is a very difficult place to win. So I guess we'll see, but it's a big game for sure. Uh, last one guys, I think, uh, in the interest of time, I want to talk about volleyball. Uh, we just had Sam Sheese on. It's a great team. What is your hottest volleyball take for this season? Chappie, let's go to you. Yeah. So, uh, Weber state has five remaining in-state games, including SUU. If you include SUU, five remaining in-state opponents, my my hot hot take here is that they're going to beat three of them. I don't know which three that's going to be, but they're going to beat three of those opponents, and one of those I think is going to be a pretty big surprise. Okay, uh, so Chappie throwing it out there that uh, of course Wildcats still have to face Utah, Brigham Young, both uh, and UVU, all three tournament teams last year, and then of course SUU in conference play, and then Dixie State. So. Of those five, the Wildcats will win three, and we might get surprised. All right. John King, what about you? A lot of stake for this volleyball group as we head into well, the week. Well, Chappie Ch- Ch- kind of took mine. I was going to say they were going to win four of those five games, but okay. I will switch things up. Um, I, I, I will switch things up. Uh, 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 you know, in the interest of being, uh, in the interest of being different, I think that Weber state's going to go undefeated in a big sky play. I don't think they're going to lose a single conference game. I think they're going to go undefeated and, 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 and cruise right through the big sky on the way to, uh, you know, hopefully a, a decent seed in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I'd say Chappie, that's a hotter take. He said four of those games, which I think is a hot take plus he's going undefeated in conference play. Like that's, that's two levels up, man. That's a hot take. <laughs> I can take four. Let's let's go four. Yeah, four. I mean, four. That's saying something because Utah brings are very good teams. That's what I say. It, it basically means that you've got to beat either Utah or or Brigham Young, right? And I know maybe I threw in like a surprise loss there, but yeah, that's that would be the hot take. Maybe John and I are both on the same page. They the surprise I think is that they either beat Utah or Brigham Young. Yeah. Plus, in addition to that, um, undefeated in conference play will be something this year because. Sac State is looming. You'll have to play at Sac State and in Ogden instead of just playing Sac State twice in Ogden. We've heard Jeremiah Larson talk about the difficulty. The ball flies weird down there at sea level. But then in addition, they'll be playing Northern Arizona, who is, you know, posted to be the second best team in the conference. Struggled against Arizona last year or earlier in the season in the spring. Ended up dropping the first match of that series and then taking the second to split in Flagstaff. I think they're going to be tough again. So it's a hot take saying undefeated in conference play. We'll see what happens. I love it. 
So, all right, guys, I uh, got some upcoming events uh, this week as we get ready to wrap up Thursday, September 2nd, a little bit of a busy day. Football, like we noted, uh, at Utah and at Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. That game will be at 5.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. And if you want to hear the dulcet tones of Steve Klauke, you can listen to it on 103.1 The Wave. We'll also be, I don't know where the, you, ha- you have the opportunity to watch this. I don't know if it's going to be on BYU TV or not. The app didn't really say, but volleyball will be taking on BYU down in Provo, BYU is hosting that tournament. That, that match will be at 7 p.m. in the Smith Fieldhouse. Friday, September 3rd, volleyball again. They'll be taking on Michigan State, a Big Ten opponent. That'll, that match will be at 4 p.m. in Provo. Saturday, September 4th, volleyball will be wrapping up their weekend against Dixie State in Provo. That match will be at 4 p.m. Like I said, all of those matches, not sure where you'll be able to watch them, but they are happening. Then finally, Sunday, September 5th, soccer will be taking on Dixie State at home. Uh, they had a this will be their third home match, so an uh, opportunity for them to play uh, Wildcat Soccer Field 1 p.m., and you can watch that on ESPN Plus or head down to Wildcat so- Soccer Field um, on campus and take it in. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. If you have ideas, you want to talk to us about whatever, go ahead and send us an email. WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com is the place. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. But we've got a Patreon, like we noted at the top of the show, patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly, helping support our work, trying to improve our production value and also the kinds of content that we can bring to you, Wildcat fans, wherever they are. And we've got a website and a blog, WeaverStateWeekly.com is where you can find that. And we'll be working on some content in the upcoming weeks as we get ready and as sports get going on campus. So we'll have more and more to write about. So, guys, we're going to wrap this one up like we usually do. Appreciate you guys for taking the time. Um, another great week of Weaver State Weekly. So we'll say it like we always do. Weaver State, Weaver State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh!